the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Yes, indeed. And here we go again with another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. Always excited to see Larry Rosenthal himself, our retirement professional here in studio, taking your phone calls. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Chris. And how are you this weekend? So far, so good. Not wet yet, but boy, it looks like it might be coming, huh? Well, yeah, just lots of prayers for everybody down in Florida and Cuba and just all over the place with uh, the hurricane and and uh, in Houston and people in Utah with the fires. You know, it's uh, a very tough time. Yeah, so two additional hurricanes kind of coming behind that too. So it's just it's crazy this year. Well, yeah, yeah you know, we've got a lot of clients down in Florida, and um, you know, we sent them all emails this week, and just uh, you know, just hopefully everybody just prays a lot. For everybody's safety and property to be be okay, and uh, you know we'll see what we have in the next couple of days. Amen so, to that. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And so it's you know interesting to see how this the storm bounces around and all the projection paths and all that stuff. And but you know the officials are doing their best and people are getting out and and uh, so hopefully everybody's safe and 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 fine. So we'll just keep our prayer, keep everybody in our prayers and our thoughts. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. We are uh, lots of news this week. There's, you know, there's always lots of news, Chris. And and for the week ending September 8th here, uh, yesterday, global equities basically in the markets were a little bit, uh, you know, unchanged, a little bit changed, but but not too much this week. Um, you know, concerns about the, the problems in North Korea with with uh, the dictator over there testing missiles and different things like that and then the impact of of Harvey and then soon Irma on the US economy what what does all that mean and basically you know we've been talking about the Federal Reserve raising interest rates three or four times this year they've already done it twice and uh, I think they're gonna do it one more time this year however with Hurricane Harvey and impending Irma uh, uh, heading down on the on uh, the Florida coastline there it's actually lessening the the likelihood that the Fed may actually raise rates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as rates go up, the cost of money becomes a little bit more expensive. And you know, if people need loans or just acquisition of capital, you know, just uh, they may um, not not raise rates as a result of this. Kind of an interesting scenario there. But we'll wait and we'll see see what happens. And I understand to keep the the ability, you know, for the economies to you know sort of be greased there with lower rates 
definitely will help out in a lot of cases. Well, and that dropped the 10-year note a little bit mm-hmm. from about 2.14 to 2.06. Um, sort of uh, uh, flattening the yield curve a little, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, see exactly what happens here with with this. Um, it was encouraging to see that the federal government uh, is still in operation, and that they loosened up the purse strings a little bit to help out with these hurricanes, and and uh, that's all good news. So that's it is. And out. speaking of the Fed too, you know, we've got some changes there. Um, Fisher, who was seventy three, has been been on the uh, uh, you know Stanley Fisher's been been the vice chair for many many years. He's stepping down. In mid-October, he's 73, wants to retire. <clears throat> we'll have to see what happens with Janet Yellen's uh, appointment uh, come January. So, you know, lots of changes there in the, in, in the Fed. Uh, you know, some political news, again, that, that affects the economy. This is not a pol- political show, but things that, that affect the economy a little bit was um, the uh, – uh, President Trump uh, reached an agreement with Congress, I should say, <laughs> since Congress is made up of Republicans and Democrats, right? right. We are one Congress, put it that way, sure. um, uh, to raise the debt ceiling a little bit. and um, At least for three or four weeks anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then we take a look across across the uh, across the big pond at the European Central Bank in, in Europe is raising their forecast for growth, which is a very good sign to see. So lots of stuff in the news economically this week, and uh, we'll see what next week brings uh, with with the opening of the markets. Uh, lots of good, good, uh, lots of good, lots of data always comes out the second week of, of a month as as far as uh, economic well, news Bre- goes. So Brexit hasn't that? been the hasn't been that huge impact that we thought it would be initially, right? It seems to be not as big of a deal if this is truly the case that Europe is growing, and you know. Correct. And the reason, Chris, that it wasn't really as big an impact thus far is because the U.K. still carries their own currency. They weren't in the euro. Um, So if another nation were to succeed and they use the euro, then we would see some sort of an impact, at least in that nation, probably Mm -hmm. a little bit of hyperinflation in their their local economy. So, (laughs) Um, but anyway... Uh, that's good news, and and the U.S. Uh, GDP had a had a reprint here for the second quarter of three percent growth. So obviously, very very good uh, when it comes to the economy. The economy is continuing to expand. The threat of recession is is very little. So pretty optimistic, pretty bullish here over the next eighteen months or so, which is very good news. So, mm-hmm. yep, we'll get into more of that this morning. Hey, let's open up our phone lines. Give us a call here at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123, or listen to Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a call on any of your financial planning or investment questions. If you have questions on estate planning, taxes, wills, trust, um, insurance, your investments, your 401K, Roth IRAs, whatever it may be, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually 
pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in to talk to Larry, our financial and retirement expert here in studio, let me give you a number. It's 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. You can call right now to talk to Larry Rosenthal. Larry. Absolutely, Chris. You know, we also have people that go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and they'll shoot me off some email questions or we get phone calls during the week with different types of questions. And one of the questions this week that, that pops up is, is how much risk should I have in my investments? Well, that's really an open-ended question, but this is a very interesting topic that I'd like to talk about here this morning is the amount of risk that's in your portfolio. How do you know if you have the right amount of risk, if you have too much risk, too little risk? Is it Goldilocks risk, just the right amount, you know? <laughs> how All much, that kind of fun how stuff. How much right? risk should a risk taker risk, take a risk if a risk taker would take risk? How's that? There you go. That's pretty good, Chris. We should coin that. I think I may have heard something along those lines before, but not too sure. Anyway, um, so how much risk should I have in my investments? You know, when the markets are going up, people, they tend to ignore risk. When the market comes back down, they tend to really pay attention to it a lot. So let's start off here with, you know, over the last six and a half years or so, we've had seven pullbacks in the market that have been anywhere from 5 to 19%. But yet the market from 2010, the the S and P was around 1,180 on the in the on on the uh, on the number, and now it's up at 2,400 and some. So the market's been expanding upward. The economy's growing, but we've had these pullbacks due to circumstantially uh, circumstantially distressed news and things of that nature. And one of the issues here, which which was I was talking with a, a, friend, a friend of mine, financial advisor, the other day about this is all those pullbacks did not hit on the quarter ending of the month. So a lot of people didn't really pay attention to them because it wasn't printed on their statement. The market went down and came back by the time the statement was printed, which is kind of an interesting scenario, which leads us, you know, this this question here is I wanted to give that background to sort of address the question of how much risk should I have in my investments. And 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 the number one rule here when you're talking about risk is this is the closer in time you are to needing to receive your money back to produce income during retirement years, the more conservative those dollars actually need to be. So it's a balance mix today because when people retire, they still have to live for 20, 30 years down the road. So they still have to have a piece of their money growing to outpace both taxes and inflation while they you know, are having a piece conservative and producing income. So one of the measurements of risk that you can really take a look at is something called the beta in your portfolio. So beta measures volatility or systematic risk against the market. The stock market has a measurement of 1.00. 
So if your investments all combine together of a beta of, let's say, 0.9, then you have 10% less risk than the market does. On the other hand, if you have a beta of 1.15, then you have 15% more risk than the market does. So that's one of the ways that you can really take a look at it. Then the next question, on top of how much risk should I have in my investments, is <clears throat> fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire. Many people overlook this, or they do it, and then they just sort of blow it off. A risk tolerance questionnaire is something you can get. You can download them online. You can, you can talk to your mutual fund company. You can talk to your financial advisor. Preferably talking to a financial advisor would be best. You just simply fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire, and it's 8, 10, 15 questions. Very simple. takes about five minutes to do, <clears throat> and it just puts you through a series of scenarios, you know, which is how long until you want to withdraw your money. Um, what would happen if you had a $50,000 investment and a year later it dropped down to $39,000? What would you do? And it gives you a listing of choices, you know, sort of multiple choice, A, B, C, or D. There's no right or wrong answers. But at the end of the, at the, end of the little questionnaire, again, just 10, 15 questions or so, it's score. It gives you a numeral score, and then that will give you an indication of how much um, stocks to bonds you should build inside your portfolio. And I do this with clients. I do this periodically with clients on reviews and, and all kinds of things to measure the risk level that they're willing to take because <clears throat> it's very important to understand that if one day we have a recession, well, not if, but when we have a recession one day, risk is really going to come into light. And over the last several years, people have been purchasing more and more riskier assets simply because the markets have been going up, and they're forgetting the risk equ equation of all of this stuff. So, again, email bag question, how much risk should I have in my investments? You need to understand the closer you are in time to needing your money, the more conservative those dollars need to be placed. And secondly, fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire. If you want to get a copy of a risk tolerance questionnaire, feel free to go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. I'd be more than happy to, to email you one out. The, again, they're very, very easy to do. And, and it really will let you take a look at everything. You know, you can include your, your 401K, the government TSP, all of your investments and things like that. So make sure you fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire <clears throat> to, get th to get things going. Another email bag question that I have is, how often should we rebalance our investments? So there's, there's two broad ways to really take a look at, at the rebalancing of things. One way is a... a um, uh, strategic type of a rebalance, and another one is a tactical type of a rebalance. Strategic rebalances basically say, you know what, every quarter I'm going to go ahead and just rebalance my investments. Let's suppose you have a, a ten, 10 different investments inside your investment account, and they, you start them off with each of them with 10%. And then four or five weeks later, one of them has 8%, another one has 12% in it. Well, at the end of the 90 days or at the end of the quarter, you just hit a rebalance button, and then they all go back to 10%. That's sort of a, a strategic method of doing it. Uh, pros and cons to doing it that way. One scenario is, well, what about the one who now has 12% in it? It's continuing to grow. So essentially, you could be taking money from a winning investment right now and putting it into an investment that is maybe not doing so well. And so, so there's pros and cons to that. Plus, if it's in, not inside of an IRA, if it's inside of a, a, a non-IRA investment account, there could be you know 
tax consequences, and they could add up substantially over the course of a year. So make sure that you understand the purpose of rebalancing. A lot of times people will look at a tactical scenario of rebalancing. In other words, you have your investments in different segments of the market, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe some technology, maybe some international, maybe some emerging markets, maybe some small cap growth, whatever it may be. And as you look at the economy in a broad base and you take a look at the different um, asset classes as they're being affected by the economy, then you may want to say, you know what, now I want to get a little overweight in XYZ position or I might want to underweight ABC position. That's more of a tactical type of a rebalance. So you're flowing along with where money's going and the economy and things like that. So Our good friend George Bush would call that good strategery. Good strategery. That's correct, Chris. So a couple of different ways to really take a look at the rebalancing of your investments. And, and, and you know, rolling that into the first question that I got this morning on the risk tolerance questionnaire on how much risk should you have, one of the questions that's, that's often asked inside of a risk tolerance questionnaire is how often do you review your investments? Do you review them uh, once a year? quarterly regularly you know how often do you really review them and that will go into taking a, a good look at it and just because some people are under the impression that just because you're sitting down with your financial advisor and 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 doing a review or maybe you're doing a review on your own when it's your you know quote unquote your review date or whatever <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean you have to do do anything about it doesn't mean you have to make trades doesn't mean you have to change things around you're just reviewing to see what you're on, what you're, what you're pacing towards. I was working with a client earlier this week, and and I was explaining to her that you know the stock market is really not what you're in competition with. What you're in competition with is your own personal financial plan. The stock market doesn't care. It doesn't care at all what your income objective needs are. It's going to do what it's going to do. The economy is going to do what it's going to do. You are in competition with your personal financial plan. In other words, you have a certain amount of assets. You have a certain amount of expenses each week or each month, whatever it may be, and you have to meet those obligations through Social Security, pensions, and your savings and investments, right? Always good to take the car in for a tune-up and find out you don't need one, you know? That's exactly correct. So my point is that you're not in competition with the stock market. You can use it as a gauge, absolutely, to grade your investment performance. But remember, you are in competition with your own personal financial plan. The stock market doesn't care what your income needs are. You're the one who needs to care what your income needs are. You're you know, planning the whole nine yards. It's a true People, life statement, too, when you think about it. Well, you're not really always in competition with anybody else but yourself, right? You want to just improve yourself and not... You know, I can't be in competition with you, and you shouldn't be in competition with anyone else, right? Well, that's that's true to a certain point, but you unless know, you're playing football, they're, but they're, yeah. the Eagles are coming in town tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, okay. and we're going to be in competition with them, Chris. Okay, <laughs> so let's keep it in perspective yeah, here. Get our go. priorities right, right. That's true. That's true. So I, I understand what you're saying, but a lot of people get caught up into that. And and remember, if if you're not working from a financial plan. What are you working from and what are you working towards? So big, big issues right there. Matter of fact, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and on the first page there, it'll, it, it, I have a video that shows exactly how our financial plan works. So go check it out. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. 
That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Larry's in studio today. If you'd like to ask him a question, a good time to get on the phones would be now. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Larry. Sure. So, Chris, I got some phone calls this week. Um, you know, I, I, I offer, you know, to, to go out to churches and do Bible-based money management classes and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And I uh, got a phone call this week from a church uh, over in Maryland going to be going out and doing that. So if you're interested, if, if you'd like us to come on out and, and teach a uh, Bible-based money management and slash investment class uh, in your church, uh, we have scripture in the course and, and different things like that. So feel free to give us a call during the week at the office, uh, 855-ROSE-123, or call us right here. So it doesn't really matter. Hey, let's have some fun, Chris, Uh-oh. with the market. How does that sound? Oh, you got some cash you're just going to lend me so I can just go play? I can't lend you any money. How's that? Right? <laughs> How about you just give it to me then? Oh, that's the deal. All right. <laughs> All right. So so let's take a look here. Uh, betting on last year's worst stocks. If you took the 10 worst stocks in the S&P 500 last year and bought them on December 31st, 2016, then through the end of August, they'd be up 18%, uh, 16%. Oh, wow. Kind of interesting. On the other side, on the flip side, if you chase last year's winners and you bought the 10 best performing stocks on December 31st, 2016, 
Guess where they'd be at the end of August this year? I'm guessing that is what they didn't do as well. Uh, there you go. They're up 8.4%. Well, that's still not horrible. It's very good, but yeah. still, my point is, you know, what are you chasing, right? What are you chasing? That's true. So don't chase the wave that already hits the shore, right? You want to get on that wave when it's when it's uh, rising there. So anyway, uh, some interesting stuff there. Another thing, too, that, that people need to understand oftentimes is the entry or exit of particular different investment um, scenarios. Like, like if, if there's an example here, if there's a this is ignoring fees and taxes and things, but if you had a million dollars invested in the S and P back in January first in 1973, and you took a hundred thousand dollars a year out adjusted for inflation, you'd run out of money in nine years. Hmm. On the other hand, if you put that same investment in, did the same strategy January first, 1982, then 35 years later you would still have $4.46 million left over. Wow. That's the difference of two different types of economies. Knowing and when my, to get in and when to get out. Well, in. and my point is this is think about your, your timeline. Every year we have birthdays, and every year we're moving closer and closer to, to different economic issues in our family, college funding, retirement planning, you know, vacations each year, all that kind of stuff. And at some point we get to the point where – you know, we're we're not going to work anymore. We're retiring for whatever reason. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to take a look at what season is the economy in versus what season are you in in your life. And you need to put your investments in the appropriate place. This is a perfect example here of saying, you know, hey, well, we're putting the money. We're using the S&P 500, which is an all equity based uh, investment. It's a perfect example of basically saying, you know, maybe you're using the wrong investment in the wrong type of an economy. I wonder what it would have been like had the money been placed into a 50-50 relationship between stocks and bonds. I wonder how that math works out. My point is that you need to take a good look at the season that the economy's in as well as what the season is of your financial needs are at that particular point in time. So don't just always tag everything to the S&P because there's different types of, you know, different uh, stages of the economy and all that kind of stuff, depending on what, what your objectives are. So is this money management business? It's a little bit like chess. You've got like three moves ahead. You need to be thinking uh, four moves ahead, depending on what's coming up in your life and what's going on in the market. There's lots of different moving parts. Well, there is lots of different moving parts. You know, speaking of moving parts, when you take a look at the economy, let's talk a little bit about some news that's that's been coming out lately about brick and mortar uh, stores. You know, uh -huh. what what's going on with with closing their doors stores versus e-commerce in the country? Right? What's going on with it? E-commerce sales has, have increased up uh, fifteen and a half percent in in, in two thousand and fifteen. They were they were ten and a half percent in two thousand and twelve. So so big big uh, uh, movement when it when it comes to e commerce sales. Seeing lots of retail stores close. Right. I wonder what the retail. I wonder what the real estate space is going to be looking like down the road. Yeah, you know? especially in the in the commercial sector. But it's really interesting to note that I mean in the D.C. area it kind of makes sense because you really don't want to get out on the roads all that much. It's difficult. Traffic is hard. But then you can just, you know, sit down, order something on Amazon. It shows up at your door, you know. Yep. Well, you, check this out. In 2016 was the first year ever that U.S. consumers spent more money eating out than they spent on groceries. 
Hmm. Think what? about that. Wow. Think about that. So people are going out, but so, not to the stores. So they're going. People to the are going out, and they're they're entertaining themselves. So I think that we're going to see more and more of these town center type things pop up, where ah. there's there's entertainment. Okay, there's entertainment. There's food. There's there's socializing. There's traffic there. And then we're going to see the retail outlets there, hey, maybe but you, not quite as many of them and probably not quite as the high-end ones. Maybe you and I could go down to Best Buy and put a band up in the corner, you know, start playing some music, and, you know. And Only if Bob sings. <laughs> well, they'll, Only they'll, if Bob sings. That would be good. I don't see you and I singing. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, that's probably true. Maybe you, but, you know, I don't, not me. That's for sure. You can play a good guitar. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> the vocals. I don't know what happened to yeah, well, I think yeah. Don Henley took my voice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But that's an interesting uh, interesting way of looking at things. Is They need to co- sort of have something to attract people into the stories that's other than just buying. There's got to be other other reasons for entertainment or something that will bring yes. people back. That's that that's correct. Mm. So so you can see more and more of that kid friendly places in order to get retail traffic there. So, yeah. um, but, you know, and, and also looking at looking, you know, diving down further into this this research that I have here in front of me, the cost of e-commerce is not as inexpensive as what a lot of people think with all the technology that they have to build into the websites and, and the delivery system and everything. It is costly, too. But now the cost, because you're starting to see more and more of it go that way, the cost are co- they're coming, coming down, down a little sure. bit. Yeah, excuse me. They're There's coming the down drone, a little bit. The drone delivery thing, remember that? That never really happened yet, but I could imagine that going to be. Expensive. Well, that's the fun thing is to order a drone and have it delivered by drone. <laughs> yeah, that's that the goal one day, Chris. I'd love to see that happen. I know you, yes. you've got one of those. You've done some drone stuff. Do you it's like fun it? fun to play with. Yeah, yeah, good pictures, actually. Very neat pictures. Yeah. Cool. So good. Hey, I know we're going to take a quick break here. Let's open up the phone lines and give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three. Any subject matter that you want to talk about today, Chris and I are bouncing all over the place. Give us a call at eight five five Rose one two three eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we will be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called SARS Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. 
You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, the phone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, let's welcome Elizabeth on the line. Good morning, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? I've got a quick question. I turned 66 this year, and I've been trying to find the answer to this question. Should I apply for Social Security? I'm going to apply for Social Security, um, but I wanted to know if I apply for it um, a month before my 66th birthday, do I end up getting penalized or have to pay anything, or should I apply for Social Security one day after my 66th birthday? That is a great question, and I believe that you put down on there when you want the payments to start as as, uh-huh. as your qualifying age. Um, okay. I have never been asked that question before. I can go look at it real quick on the website here and get back with you. Yeah, I, was, I, I went to the website. I've asked a couple of people. Nobody seems to know, but someone told me as a 66, because I'm self-employed, I can still... I can earn as much money as I want to earn at six, after 66. But if I apply uh, 30 days before, that they deduct something from your Social Security, but then they give it back to you. And I just wondered, was my information correct? And also, do they tax your Social Security? Well, first of all, let's, let's take them in, in, in reverse order there. Yes, they do tax your Social Security if your income hits certain levels. So if you're married filing jointly and your adjusted gross income is a little above 44000 then then 85% of your check will be taxed. 15% of it will be tax-free. The other 85% okay, will what? be... Go All ahead. right, if you're filing separately and you also have a pension, is, does so that... There, yeah, there's a formula to figure out the taxation of Social Security, and it's called MAGI, Modified Adjusted Gross Income. So they take your adjusted Uh gross income, then they add 50% of your Social Security check to that, and Uh tax-exempt interest income to that. So there's a good Uh chance that you're going to pay taxes on your Social Security. So if you're in the 28th percentile, how much should you set aside? I would take out... Yep, I would probably take out 25% or so. Hmm. They get you coming and going. Okay. Unfortunately, they so, do, yes. <laughs> that is unfortunate, okay, so yeah. But Elizabeth, get, 30 days before? getting back to that question, I really don't know the answer to that question. Um, uh, as far as I, I've always been under the impression that you've, you uh, when you apply and request Social Security, you request it at a certain age, at a certain point. So um, I don't think that it's the date of the application or the date that you click in on the website. I think it's the date that you put on the form there. you got to tell you, Elizabeth, you, this is a good one. It's very rare in the many, many years we've been doing this show that Larry doesn't know the answer to a question that caller calls you. And so. you know, I know this because I've been listening to you for many, many years, and I thought, I'm going to call Larry this morning. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to find out this question. Yeah. Interesting. 
I'm going to find it out. I'll tell you what I can do, Elizabeth. I, if you like, I'll put you on hold, and then um, I will get the answer and get uh, – let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, and then I will get the answer back to you. And I will also announce the answer next week on the show as well. Fabulous. Thank okay. you. Okay. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, let me uh, let me put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Jason on the line. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Oop, you there, Jason? Yes, sir. I apologize about that. That's fine. How can I help you, sir? I am a motivational speaker slash uh, entertainer. And I just started a nonprofit that in a couple of weeks will, I'll have the 501c3, uh, going to a lot of inner city communities and just deliver messages of hope to public schools. I'm in the process of trying to find sponsors and contributors. I'm just trying to find out what's the best way to go about targeting that and writing uh, for those grants. Well, Jason, something like that is, is I, I really think that's a very exciting um, opportunity for you to bring lots of motivation to, to underprivileged kids and in situations like that. So I applaud your efforts. Um, I think the uh, way to go about doing that would be to, as far as fundraising goes, would be word of mouth. Start talking, start talking to people that believe in your message, believe in your mission, ask them where they work, see if they, you can get a corporate sponsor from them. I would also take a look at other um, organizations that help in your arena and see if you can attach, you know, uh, tie up with them somehow um, as far as that goes. But really it's, it's uh, the foot, you know, the foot shoe leather express type of a thing. It's on you. You're going to have to go out and do the fundraising for it. Make sure you set up a good quality website. And uh, just kind of go from there. But it's something that you need. If you're passionate about it, be talking about it every day to everybody that you know. Okay? Absolutely. Jason, just as another thought or another suggestion, there's lots and lots of different networking groups in various different communities where a lot of business owners, various different ones get together. And these uh, these kinds of uh, things that you're doing could also resonate with them. So look up those networking groups in your in your areas. Yeah, Chris, I think that I think that's a great idea. So, have you set up the five hundred one three C already? That is in the process. Um, I've got my parents getting some space dust there, Larry. Looks like he's Chris, doing, I can't hear him. Yeah, he's going through a tunnel or something. Sorry, we're missing out on you, Jason. But uh, good luck to you. Yeah, he's he's got yeah, a little. Appreciate the issue. phone call, boy. That's great. You know, you don't hear things like that too often these days. I re- I really like that. I like to see a show. Motivational yeah, we speaker and entertainer. That's yeah, pretty good. Pretty so, neat. looks like we're coming up against a break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. Give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back shortly with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. 
If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show on 105.1 FM WAVA. The telephone number for you to call right now if you'd like to talk to our financial retirement expert here in studio is 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal about anything financial, you can do so right now. Larry? Absolutely, Chris. So let's talk a little bit about uh, wills today in this next segment here. Wills, trusts, mainly, mainly wills. You know, um, regardless of your your state's value, a will can help ensure basically that your assets are distributed according to your wishes. Uh, enables you to to name uh, assets and people that that you want to go uh, your assets to go. Especially important if you have minor children as well. And some of the stats that are out here. This is uh, at the end of 2016, the latest data that we have by the Gallup poll here. It, it it shows the lack of planning by a lot of people. In in two thousand and five, sixty eight percent of I'm sorry, seventy eight percent of people, sixty five and over, had a will. In two thousand and sixteen, and this is the disturbing part, in two thousand and sixteen, at the end of two thousand and sixteen, only sixty eight percent of people age sixty five or over had a will. We're seeing a decline in estate planning. In 2005, people 50 to 64, 63% of them had a will. But at the end of 2016, that number went from 63% down to 56%. And it, it, and it gets even worse for, for, for younger people. 30 to 49, uh, 43% of people in 2005 had a will, and th- only 35% of those age groups at the end of 16 today, at the end of 2016, have a will. So we're seeing a trend of, of more people not really paying attention to their estate planning, which brings me to the point that there's three stage, stages to financial planning. There's the accumulation stage, the distribution stage, and then the legacy stage. And what happens here, what, what seems, what I think is part of the issue is that a lot of people are only focusing on the first stage of financial planning, which is the accumulation stage. People are very concerned, as you should be, with grow, grow, grow your money, right? But you also have to understand that you need to plan on the back end about issues as well. And and um, in, in talking to clients about this, you know, we, we, we do a lot of estate planning with clients as well. 
how and when and where and to whom are you going to pass different types of assets onto. And it's a big emotional conversation. And, and a lot of people that even work with financial advisors, their financial advisors don't really focus on this or they don't really have this type of knowledge involved in their planning process. And it's paramount. It's very, very important. And please, if, you, if you're working with a financial advisor or you're doing it yourself, start asking him or her about the estate planning. Hey, what do you think I should do uh, about a will? What about a revocable living trust? What about a special needs trust for children? What about a dynasty trust? What about an incentive-laden trust? Should I put my retirement plan dollars as a beneficiary of a trust, you know what are all the pros and cons to all of these different things here? I'm actually Open surprised that you put uh, that you put the will up front there because in the past I've heard you talk about wills and of course the probate and all the negative aspects of of having that uh, versus putting things into a trust and things. Well, like that a will is is your 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 most simple basic estate planning tool, Chris. And I thought I'd start with that today because you know when you're when you start looking at if people aren't 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 focused on if people aren't getting the basics done they're not getting the more advanced stuff done either i can help you with your will if you'd like uh, a few ideas just in case you needed to need you want little... me to leave everything to bob <laughs> yeah that's it that's a, we're gonna have a car quiz and that's what we'll see okay <laughs> whoever knows more about cars oh, how's that sound because oh, i think bob be... knows more about cars than no, all th- than both you and i i will okay? see that's a that's a good one we should try that next week see what yes happens. yes uh, there you go i'll bring my car guy on how's that sound okay yeah that'd be fun yeah, yeah yeah anyway but my my point is this is that this is becoming a a very overlooked uh, piece of financial planning. You know, when we bring in new clients, we always ask them, you know, let's talk about your estate planning. What have you done? And blah, blah, blah. And for the most part, it hasn't been accomplished. They, they, they get the deer and headlight looks. They're like, well, I don't know what to do. Uh, how do I do this? You know, I never got any advice on it before. What's, what's the best way to go about doing it? I have a basics and estate planning package, if you like. We've given tons of these out over the years if you would like go to my website larryrosenthal.com give us a call 855-ROSE-123 I'd be more than happy to send you out our basics in estate planning kit it's going to step through pros and cons of a will it's going to step through pros and cons of a simple revocable living trust the do's and don'ts it'll start talking about different estate arrangements how property should be titled or how the different ways that property can be titled individually, joint ownership with rights of survivor, tenants in common, tenants in entirety, TOD, just all different ways about all of that so you can get, get the understanding of it. And let's shoot on over to the district and welcome Albert online. Good morning, Albert. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I'm uh, well. How I'm can ca- I help you, sir? I'm calling from uh, Washington, D.C. I, I live in Illinois, though. Uh, I have a teacher's pension, and I have a Social Security pension. And I applied for the Social Security pension when I was 66 years old, Uh, maybe 67. Anyway, when I applied for the Social Security, they cut my monthly stipend in half. And I was told they did it because I had a second pension, and uh, they call it, uh, what do they call it? Double dipping. Double dipping. They call it double dipping. And because of that, my Social Security pension was cut in half. Now that I, right now, I'm 75 years old. Can I go back and recover that uh, that Social Security that they cut from me? Well, it depends on the terms of your pension as as to what 
Where's your pension coming from? It's coming from the Chicago Teachers Fund. So somewhere there's some sort of provision in there that allows for Social Security to be made less from that pension fund, similar to the old uh, civil service retirement system, CSRS. It sounds like to me that that's what's going on, and it's the, called the windfall uh, windfall profits. Um, so I'm not aware that you can go back and reclaim what Social Security cut. Uh, did you investigate at the time as to why they cut it? I was told because I was double-dipping. Mm. Some people get their full Social Security and a pension, um, but those are also private pensions too, from from you know from from corporations, not necessarily from from a government entity. So there's something in the relationship there, Albert, that you really have to look into. But I would not be. Uh, I'm. I would not be too optimistic that Social Security would repay you back for all of this. Okay, uh, so I'm probably just out of out of luck then. Well, it doesn't hurt to take to take a good look at it. I would call your your uh, pension at, at in Chicago and ask them why did this happen? What is the provision that allows this to happen? I think you get a. Uh, uh, quicker response from them than if you called the Social Security office. But I maybe call them both at the same time and give them the same question. Okay. Yep, that's what I would do. Okay. Okay. I, I, thank you. I thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate you uh, visiting D.C. Have a great, great weekend. Listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Again, if you want to get uh, – uh, our estate planning kit, Basics in Estate Planning, go ahead and go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We'll be happy to email one, uh, it out to you. There's no charge for it. And, or if you just want some, give us a call here at 855-ROSE-123. Piece yeah. of cake to get it out to What's you. the best kind of a will to get? I mean, should we go to – you see you can get them online. You can get these will kits that you uh, order in the mail. Probably better to use an attorney maybe. What do you think? Chris, I, th- I like to use an attorney. Um, just because they bring to the table years of experience that they might start asking questions that a software package may not ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they can take the conversation in a different matter. But, you know, the the will, what, what, if you put something into a will, whether it's, you know, if it's in the will, it, it still has to go through court. You know, and whether it's it's uh, valid or invalid, it's going to go through probate. So, so. Things that are placed into a will will not avoid probate, which is the court's distribution process to make sure everything's valid. But at the same time, it does sort of tie up some loose ends of different things. Again, it's the basic scenario, will, revocable living trust, uh, beneficiary forms. All that stuff really needs to be tied in together to your overall estate planning scenario. And again, it is, you know, it's kind of like looking at the score of a football game at halftime and going, oh, well, this team's just winning big time, you know, but in the second half, they come out and lay an egg and the other team wins, right? That's kind of what the the third stage of financial planning is. You know, hey, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa saved up a lot of money, assets, property. We thought we were going to inherit a lot, and then boom, all of a sudden, you don't get quite what you think you got because of taxes, because of, of different scenarios that, that could play out. So it's very, very um, uh, you know, important, again, to make sure you understand you understand all of that. Let's welcome uh, Tanya on the line. Good morning, Tanya. How are you today? It's actually Sundra. It's a neat name. Very well. Thank you. 
Uh, my name is Sonia. I've, I oh, will be oh. turning 53 years by October. I'm concerned about the retirement plan, the best retirement plan. Well, the best retirement plan, Tanya, to 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 build out for yourself is to first of all take a look at what your expenses, your anticipated expenses may need to be down the road when you retire, and then take a look at what your employer offers. Uh, make sure that you can put as much money away for the retirement date as possible. So you really need to build out a cash flow estimate on your future retirement needs. What is your income going to be like? What are your expenses going to be like down there? And uh, the, one of the best ways to do that is to work from our financial planning toolkit. I'll be happy to send you out that toolkit if you like. Okay. Sounds great. Yep. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, and we'll send that out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Sundra on the line from the district. Good morning, Sundra. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? I am I'm expecting a settlement from a car accident I had, and um, I'm wondering whether I should I'm, – I'm planning on paying off some bills, but I'm wondering if I should pay uh, or pay more towards my student loans or save the rest. Uh, that's a great question, the great debate. I'll tell you what, real quick, the calculator will tell you – to save as much as you can and pay your debt over a long period of time. That's what the calculator is going to tell you to do. But, you know, it's awful, awful nice sometimes to have peace of mind and knowing that you're, you're out of debt. So I would have to really take a look at the numbers myself to answer that question specifically for you. You know, what is what is your, your payments on your, so on your uh, student debt? What do they run each month? Um, about three Fifty three hundred? No, 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 no. Total is about a hundred thousand, but my payment, um, I based on my pay is about three hundred, three hundred and twenty dollars. Okay, so if you if you owe a hundred thousand dollars on your student debt and your payments are three hundred dollars a month, that's going to be with you for a long, long time to come. Yes. Hopefully, that you have a a good enough income to start saving and knocking this debt down. Do you have enough money from the car accident settlement to knock down this student debt? Uh, I, I think after I pay off my bills and probably everything else, it'll probably be about it'll probably be ten or fifteen grand after that. So it's not. It's, I mean, it's, it'll bring it down, but it's not going to bring it down a lot. Right. You know, I, 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 the best way to do this is for me to send you out our, our uh, toolkit, and that will put everything on paper, and then I can, have, have, I can have an advisor give you a follow-up call next week to really run all the numbers to see which way you should go with this, okay? Okay, that'd be great. Yep, Sundra, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information, and we'll get that out to you. I know I've got some other callers on hold here, but I've got music in my ear, which means we just have a uh, moment or two left on the on the show here live. But uh, if you want to stay on, stay on hold. I'll pick you up after we go off air. We'll be back next Saturday for another session of Making Money Sense here on the 16th. 
And if you have any questions during the week, feel free to go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email or give my office a call at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. That number becomes our 800 toll line as soon as the radio show's off. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and remember to say in prayers for people that are being affected by the floods, the fires, and the new hurricane that's coming. So we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense in the Larry Rosenthal Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.